Hello, Shmai, uh, I'm Ben Whitehouse, and this is The Final Whistle. Hello, and welcome back to The Final Whistle, brought to you by the Rugby Connection podcast. Well, we're kind of making history today as our third referee, but as our first ever TMO, he has refereed everywhere that you could think of. Pro 12, Pro 14, now URC, internationals, whether it's Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere, Champions Cup, Challenge Cup, everything. And on top of that, he now decides whether there was foul play or the try was given. It's Ben Whitehouse. Ben, thank, how are you getting on, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, really excited to, to do this when you give me a little message. Uh, see see if I was interested. And yeah, done a, done a couple of various podcasts uh, around the world and around Wales. And yeah, always enjoy them. So hopefully this lives up to it. <laughs> I'm, hoping, I'm hoping we'll end somewhere the best. That's, yeah. what, that's the aim. Sure, it will be, mate. Sure, it will. <laughs> but um, first of all, thank you for agreeing to come on. No problem at all. Good. Um, first question, we ask all our guests this, just to kind of get the ball rolling. What actually got you into rugby? And then I'll <coughs> sub-categorise sub, uh, it. What got you into refereeing as well? Right. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a question that probably a lot of people ask for. Rugby is a simple one. Uh, living in Wales, um, much like a lot of the, the UK um, sort of areas, big rugby Big rugby history within Wales. Uh, live uh, down in Swansea. Obviously, huge culture, rugby culture down here as well. Um, my family, you don't have to meet them. All rugby mad. Um, you know, played, coached, refereed, you name it. They, they've done it. Um, yeah, so just, just a bit of a rugby tradition within the family, really. Uh, and it was just natural that when I was six years old, joined the local touch rugby side as it was back then. And then, yeah, played played uh, and then sort of I always say I fell into refereeing really I'm sure there was a little bit of nudging from my uh, my father who was a an international referee before me but um, he was never too pushy with it um, and yeah so the second part of your question then is around sort of the refereeing how did I fall into that and it, it was an interesting one really like I I think if you ask a lot of the referees I, I work with who who refereed me when I was younger and still playing um they would probably have thought I was one of the last people to to become a referee. Uh, I was a Chopsy 9 and then an even Chopsy 10. And I think the coaches started moving me out from 9 to 10 to 12 to 13 and had the fullback to start, to start me sh- shouting at the referees. Um, and yeah, so at 16, I, I did a refereeing course with no sort of, no plan to referee as such just more so to help out in my local club I'll give them a bit of a shout out Pen Club RFC um, and yeah friend of friend of my my father's had a under 10 side uh, at the time I think under 10 under 11 maybe um, Reese Davis who plays for Wales now just had his cap last week was in that side Will Jones ex, ex uh, Wales Sevens Ospreys uh, he was in that side as well and yeah, uh, oh, and, and Morgan Morris, actually, at the Ospreys, was was in the side as well. So, yeah, they were good sides, uh, but they had no the ref. So, at sort of 17, 18, I decided that, yeah, I'll come and help out. Went to uni, um, played at Glamorgan Uni on a Wednesday, and then just sort of found myself refereeing on a Saturday, really, because I couldn't get back to play um, on, a, on a Saturday for my club. Didn't want to join anyone else. I had no interest in joining anywhere else. Um, and yeah, I remember a Boxing Day derby. I managed to get home because I was obviously home for Christmas. 
I got myself red carded and I thought to myself that's probably that's probably time for me to tap out uh, from playing and I'll uh, I'll take up uh, the whistle a bit <laughs> sort of on a more regular basis and yeah it was very organic from that moment uh, it happened very quickly same as for me Craig Evans Dan Jones and happened very quickly because we were pushed through um, but yeah it was nice to come through with some friends and yeah we've sort of all made our professional debuts within sort of two or three years of each other and yeah here, here I am now uh, 12, 12 years on from starting has it been 12 years? yeah so not professionally I've been oh, professional okay. for eight professional for eight years but I've been refing for about 12 years now yeah since I was about 20 20-ish you skyrocketed to professional then yeah, I mean, at the time, like, it's funny you should say that, like, when you actually look at the time scales, yeah, yes, is the answer, you know, 1920 up to about 25, um, it, it felt long, but actually five years, like, when you're young, five years is a long, long time, isn't it, when yeah. you're 20 years old, but actually, when you look at it, great scheme of things, it, it, it happened very quick, man, yeah, really quick. That's, that's more credit to you for just, I know you said it, I did feel longer, but. When yeah. you look at in hindsight as a rapid acceleration, yeah. so yeah, it's it's actually like looking back with with a slightly older head. Mm. I think if I had if I could say one thing to Ben Whitehouse at twenty five is just be patient. Um, maybe give yourself you know a year or two lower down. You know, I don't mean that in a bad way. Just sort of like in the Premiership, underneath the professional era, and. Um, so I was more ready going into professional rugby um, because obviously I I learned on the job a lot, which means I made mistakes um, rather than coming in as a more polished article, polished item, polished article. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I came in young, dumb, <laughs> uh, sort of scared of nothing really, but but that that brings its own problems. That's good though that you could reflect, and like I think it's like everyone though. You're still, you're probably still learning now because you've kind so of, much. well, you're now a TMO as well, aren't yeah. you? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So learning all the time, mate. You know, you work with Nigel Owens, my coach at the moment. Dave McHugh was my coach before Nigel. <clears throat> and um, yeah, you know, working with boys like, you know, re- really good friends with Ben O'Keefe, Andy Brace, Luke Pierce, Matt Carley, or Wayne Barnes. Learning so much off these boys, you know, going to TMO, you know, I'm mean, still only 32 years old. I think I feel, I hope I've got a lot to, to give the game and give the, the sort of art of refereeing and sort of, yeah, I, I just learned trying to get snippets off these boys who have, who have sort of at the, the, the upper echelons of the game, the elite level of the game, just trying to get snippets to make my own game better when I'm refereeing them. Um, yeah, you just, you have to learn constantly, you have to adapt, evolve. Uh, and grow all the time, no matter how old you are. No, I love that. Um, I'm glad you've actually mentioned Nigel Owens because we've got a fan question. It's from Gareth. Yeah. He's saying, ha- as Nigel Owens is now a referee consultant, yeah. has it in- any impact on how you referee games and has it made your performances better? Yeah, it's, a, it's really interesting. So this this is my first year working with Nigel. So I was coached by Dave McHugh from Ireland Um before this season but obviously Nige when she retired became a coach within the WRU and then a consultant with the URC um, so it was natural and, and uh, sort of a nice transition for Nige to then take on myself as a as a, a student <laughs> to use uh, use that sort of term um, and yeah of course mate look he's been one of 
if not the best referee of all time, uh, depending on who you speak to. Um, I certainly think he's one of the best referees that has ever been. Um, and yeah, you, you know, it, it's really great just speaking to him. And he's very open in, in how, how I want to referee, because obviously we've all got different styles of referee. And, you know, you only have to look at the top three or four in the world. They've all got different styles of refereeing. And, uh, and it's important you keep your own style, because I think once you start, you know, be it trying to be Wayne Barnes, trying to be Ben O'Keefe, um, you, you, that's where you go wrong. Um, so, yeah, now you're just trying to instill that I referee how I want to referee, but trying to get the best of me, the best out of me um whilst whilst keeping a little bit of identity yeah no i like that um, what would you say your style of ref is i know that might sound a stupid question but it makes yeah. sense in my head i know i suppose uh, if, you, if you speak to some fans they think i kill the game but um like i i'm i'm a rugby fan like i'm a sport mad fan like f- fan of all sports whether it be football we we're just talking about off off air there football golf cricket any sport I just love the the joys the, the trials the tribulations of sport so I, I would hope that I'm someone who you know tries to sort of find the balance between being punitive and and sort of letting things go managing the game it's a very difficult art you know I, I tried to be a good communicator I was a police officer in my previous life so I'm still trying to trying to sort of even now you know after eight years of doing this trying to find a method of being firm but fair um, trying to sort of get my point across without being sort of authoritarian. Um, I know some people say referees like to be in the camera. Uh, being on camera, love being on camera. And I can promise you uh, most of most of the work that I put in during the week is actually trying to stay off camera yeah. um, as best as you can. It doesn't always happen. You get controversial decisions um, where you have to be on camera. Um, but, uh, you know, it just... Most of most of our work is always how can we deal with this by being the less intrusive, the in the least intrusive manner. Really, um, I hope that sort of answers your questions a little bit. I know you said you're t- most of your work you're trying to stay off camera, but there was mm. inc- one major incident that is now like famous on YouTube. Is it? Yeah, and it's you with um, uh, John, Dunn. yeah, John Dunn, yeah, and and yeah. the Monster Connor game, and it, I know it's funny enough that he is your like your coach now, but it does yeah. have a lot of Nigel Owens esque mm. to it, especially so, the yeah, first like, yeah. two seconds of it. Yeah, I I agree, and like it's an interesting clip because obviously that that went viral at the time, and then obviously <clears throat> it went viral not so long back as well on TikTok or something. Uh, not a big big TikToker, um, but uh, my younger cousins show me it. Um, yeah, I, I remember reflecting on that clip at the time and sort of, you know, obviously people were loving it, but at the same time, actually, the, the referee coaches and people involved in referee and weren't loving it. They were sort of of the mindset of, that's not how we want you, you Ben Whitehouse, to deal with it because we know Ben Whitehouse off the field and that's not Ben Whitehouse off the field. That's that's a different person. Um and yeah, that was a tough game, Connacht Munster. Um, I think that was in Toman Park. I ref them both that year in Toman down in uh, the sports ground. I think that one was in Toman. You know, massive game, Connacht. First time they beat them in about thirty years in Toman Park. I think it was only my second or third season in the league. And Ed Morrison had given me this game, and I was just like up here, like. Yeah. Um, and yeah, John Muldoon, great captain, great. Great bloke. Uh, I'm glad I had an opportunity to say that because he's a great bloke. 
Um, and I sort of regretted a little bit how I spoke to him um, because uh, I think he, he probably would agree he did shout at me, um, you know, for missing a knock-on. And I can say it now, I did miss a knock-on. Um, and, and I said it after the game, uh, obviously on our private reviews. Um, but the, the way he did it, probably he would look back and say, I shouldn't have done that. And likewise, I probably shouldn't have given him the, the, quite the dressing down you know, 26-year-old versus a, you know, a 10-year veteran. Like, he's probably looking at me going, who's this guy? Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of reflection about that clip. I, I like some some parts of it, but at the some of it, I'm like, you know, the, you know, what did I say? Some of like, oh, look at me when I'm talking to you or something like, like some of that, like, maybe I didn't need to to, to say, but I had them, you know, you get head up, you see a bit of red, and the, the sort of the, the monkey side of your brain comes out and uh, the chimp comes out and, and sort of you get a little bit angry when you shouldn't do. I mean, I mean, I, I liked all of it. I know, I know that I wasn't yeah. written for anything, but I liked all of it just because you stood your ground. I like referees. That, mm. Obviously, you don't want a referee to kill the game. I know that's not what you try to do. But if, if a referee makes an, a mistake, they're mm. human, they make mistakes as well. Mm. You could tell I've interviewed referees. I could, I'm very understanding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, yeah. There's got to be an element of um, of us being firm. Um, but I think there's there's certain ways we can do it. And I, I think sometimes there is times where you need to come down, like I did come down. Um, and But I think there's a time and place for it. Um, yeah. And yeah, maybe, maybe I wouldn't now, at, at sort of eight years on uh, from that clip, or six years on from that clip, Maybe I wouldn't have dealt with it quite like that, but but at the same time, I still think I would have dealt with it. Got more abrasive, more <laughs> <laughs> grabbed, grabbed each other. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Go for it. Yeah. Um, uh, we've got a fan question kind of leading into this. I don't know if John's in this list or not, but yeah. uh, Dan McFarlane has asked, who's the three hardest players to referee? I don't know if um, you're referring to it, but uh, we'll Yeah, it's, it. a, it's an interesting question, really. Like, players are, some players like, uh, and it, Certain players are challenging on the field, but absolutely outstanding blokes off the field. You know, nines and tens, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the top, top nine and tens in the world. Like, you'll struggle to pick an easy one to referee. Uh, you know, they're always <clears throat> within sort of metres of the breakdown, so they question everything. Um, and that sometimes makes a good player. So without sort of naming any any names, you, you look at, you know, you look at, I suppose I can name, you know, your Dan Biggers, your Johnny Sexton's, they're, they're so knowledge, such knowledgeable players, um, and you know they're shouting things in sometimes in the breakdown. And I'm looking back on review, going, "Christ, he had a good point there," um, <laughs> and I missed it. Um, but you know they, they're good guys off the field. You know people mm. give you know those those boys raps about you know berating referees, and yeah, sometimes they do. But um, you know they're winners. They 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 haven't got where they. Uh, where they are in their their chosen sports by being passive and sort of accepting mediocrity and that that's playing that's teammates that's coaches that's referees they're they're born winners um, and that that goes for you know most most players at that professional end of the game they've all got a little bit of a difficult streak at times. That's fair. I mean, I can tell you've rehearsed that answer. I'm joking. That is a good answer. And to be fair, I think I've been asked that a couple of times in dinners and, and what have you. And I, yeah, it's a pretty stock answer. And I've polished that one off, but um, try to be a bit political with it. But um, that's all good. That's yeah. all good. No, um, all good. 
Dan's actually asked another question, so I'll just get that out of the way while he's yeah. while he can get his 15 minutes of fame. Um, <laughs> he's a busy man, Dan. Not the Ulster Club, yeah, no. a different one. No, he's, a, he, he's in our group chat with me, so I was just like, oh, oh cool. I've, got, I've got Ben Whitehouse coming on. Do, yeah. you, do you want to ask a question? And then he asked two. I was like, I asked for one, but it's, it's all good. Yeah. That's, <laughs> um, good, yeah. That's good. He's asked top three referees in the world, in your opinion. Mm. Uh, you've got to Wayne Barnes. Um, would, would be up there. Um, ben O'Keefe for me, and then that sort of third spot really um, on their day. You know, could, could be could be anyone really. Um, you know, the, the group is so tight at the moment. Like it really is um, so tight. There's sort of twelve, fifteen referees. Um, yeah. You know, actual referees that are going to go to the World Cup potentially in the middle. Um, there's fifteen in that group in the Six Nations now, and and honestly, mate, uh, you know, game to game, you could choose who those 12 could be and it could change slightly. You know, you've got your likes of Andy Brace, Matt Carley, Luke Pierce, um, obviously Jakob Piper is another name I've, I missed out at the start. You know, you you could honestly, a- any given day, they, they, they have the day, oh God, yeah, geez, what a performance that was. And then they have another game, which was maybe someone else did better. So it's, it's always shot and change. I, re- I really honestly think that we've got the tightest in terms of performance uh, and, and off field as well as a group. We've probably got the tightest group we've had in, you know, you know, I've been involved in sort of eight, eight years of this, but you're looking from the outside more, you know, eight, 10, 15 years, speaking to other referees where, you know, there was probably certain ones fighting against each other, you know, very competitive. But now we've got such a tight group um, in terms of performance and off-field stuff. It's it's hard to pick who, who the three are, really. That's fair. You've, I mean, you named two very solid ones. Yeah. I, I'm actually really glad you mentioned one because he is friend of the show. It is Ben O'Keefe. Yeah. He, f- funny enough, he, when I put the Instagram thing that you sent me on my story, he'd, uh, he'd send me a quick message to say he'd been on it. I won't tell you what he said, though. No, he's actually put out a question, so it's all good. Oh, God, here we go. He's asked, it's got to be about golf. Could you read? Can you see this from here? Yeah, it's about golf. No, no, I haven't, but we play a lot of golf together. <laughs> um, Ben has asked who the best golfer in the world referee squad is. That's, that's a good, it's it's got to be Ben. Like, it's frustrating to say this, but the guy is never off the golf course. Um, he, yeah, he he lives on a golf course to start with, um, and he is never off the golf course. Um, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna happily claim a, a second place there. Um, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna put myself in second, and then so, uh, I'm gonna make make a point to saying Andy Brace is way down the bottom. Terrible swing, terrible swing. No, he's not bad. Um, Henry Boot has asked what your handicap is. I feel you know Henry. Henry. <laughs> yeah, Henry, I know Henry. Um, Henry's a, a friend to a friend, and we've we became close over the years. He's a good guy. Um, my handicap at the moment, I think I'm on 13 points something or maybe low 14s. Um, so I you know rounded to about 14. I'll be honest with you, uh, it's probably not that at the moment because uh, I, I haven't played for a while. Um, it's probably more up towards the 15, 15, 16 mark if I grabbed a, grabbed a round tomorrow. Um, I think I got, got down to around the 10, 11 mark. Um, and then, yeah, when I was playing all the time, it was actually during lockdown, you know, when we were allowed to go out and play. 
It was the only yeah. thing we were allowed to do. Um, but yeah, after that, it it, uh, it climbed high. Fair enough. Um, Cam, one of our, uh, the co-hosts that does the regular episodes with me, he's <clears> asked a question. Now, it's more towards your situation, because obviously we all know what's going on with the WRU and the players and all that, but obviously you're not a player, you're a referee. How is yeah. that affecting you personally? What's going yeah. on? <clears throat> I suppose... It's, a, it's it's affected me not not sort of contractually as such because it's 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 not that's not my fight at the moment. But I suppose the way it's affected me is is knowing some of the players and you know knowing some of the people in the WIU that's involved in it and it's been it's been tumultuous. Is that the word? I think that's the word, isn't it? Um, very yeah, it's been very chaotic. Um, you know, speaking to speaking to players who I know, you know, have a personal relationship. Um, yeah. And you know, speaking to people I work with in the WR, you know, I've worked with for eight years, it's been tough. Um, so yeah, it, it hasn't personally affected me at this moment in time. Um, it may do, I don't know, but um, but yeah, in terms of like knowing people involved on both sides of the, the camp, um, yeah, it's been it's been emotionally draining, I think. And I, I just hope it, you know, obviously, there's been talks and stuff. I just hope that we are coming to a resolution to suit to suit everyone, really. Yeah, I mean, fingers crossed. Obviously, you you could read as much as you want into it, and you could take whatever the newspapers say. Mm-hmm. And but the solution is get it sorted. One yeah, way or the other. Yeah. That's that's yeah. the best thing I could say. Is. No, no one, you know, in any walk of life, no one wants to see, you know, um, people arguing and fighting, um, especially when you're when it's in such a sort of open environment. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, just. Just all hug, make up. Just <laughs> Funny it's that easy. I don't. I know it's not that easy. If it was that easy, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be news. Yeah. But um, Cam's chucked another question in. There are, everyone's getting to sneak a little extra one into yeah, this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, a and a part B. It must be just special for you then. <laughs> so he's asked any law that you would change to improve the game. That's a really good question. I, I used to have an answer for this and they actually ended up changing it, not because of me, um, but they just, I think they just saw it as well, uh, was the kicking the, more, kicking the ball out of rucks. Um, you know, you used to have big rangy second rows like <clears throat> Luke Charteris, boys like that, so it would step over rucks when the ball was clearly won. The contest was completely over. Everyone was on the floor and they'd step over and boot the ball. And it'd be just like, so frustrating, so 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 messy, so frustrating. It fragmented the game. Um, it was yeah, it was always messy for me. So I'm glad they did that. And also, it was really dangerous. I remember, um, I think I yellow carded Josh Turnbull, 2015 maybe, and he stepped over to do exactly that. But as he did so, uh, Paul Marshall of uh, the Ulster Nine, I think it's Paul, isn't it? Yeah, Paul Marshall, crouched down to pick the ball up, and he caught Paul on the front of the. The forehead and cut him open, yeah. and it was a really nasty incident. I just from that moment on, I was just thinking we need to stop this kicking the ball out the rock because it's, it's we're going to keep getting incidents like this. But luckily, they changed it. I think um, I like what they've done with the dropout goal and dropouts. Yeah, um, you know, a lot of time was spent at five meter scrums. Um, you know, resetting um, penalties, teams dropping it immediately if they were under the pump. Um, so obviously the goal line dropout just you know rewarded good defence. Um, we restart in, a, in an open play environment, uh, so that was good. Um, I, I I did chat the other day about maybe a, a, a penalty. You know a penalty kick in law is a penalty kick. You've got 
options to kick a goal. You've got options to kick the touch. You've got options to take a tap kick penalty, you know, penalty tap kick. <clears throat> and the same for free kick. But then for some reason, um, we have this option for a scrum out of nowhere. Um, and I, I, I like the idea of if the penalty comes from a scrum, you can choose a scrum again. Yeah. Uh, like like the lineout law, which is in law, that you can do that. You can opt to have the lineout again. Um, but I, I just think if it's you know an offside or anything like that, I, say, I just I just think sometimes why are we given the option for a scrum uh, when it's it's not a form of a kick, which a penalty, you know, a penalty was probably designed for. So that would be something I'd consider. But like everything in in rugby, when you uh, when you bring one thing in, it it's sort of like a butterfly effect, um, and you've got to trial it in so many different areas and different styles of play. You know, you you bring one thing in, and it affects so many others. So you 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 really have to be careful. St- sticking with the new laws and the mm-hmm. trial runs and all that, Harv, the uh, Harv, my other co-host has asked, mm-hmm. what do you think of the new tackle laws? Uh, to be honest, I the the, the height thing in in England. Guess, is that yeah, mean? the height thing. Yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. I I haven't really put much thought into it because I know. Oh, I, I recognise that at this moment in time, it's not going to affect me. Uh, and I, I think sometimes when you see these things being trialled or implemented in other countries, you can get yourself bogged down with what ifs. Um, so because because I won't be officiating using these these sort of law trials uh, or, or guidelines um, or implementations, uh, yeah, I haven't really put much thought into it. Um, it'll be interesting to see the statistics. Um, because there's statistics out there that say most head injuries come from tackler, you know, um, or lots of head injuries come from tackler, tackled uh, head to hip, head to knee when it's low. But it'd be interesting to see. Um, I, 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 yeah, I haven't really put too much thought into it. That's fair enough. I, I didn't think it would affect you because I know you're you're employed by the WRU and yeah, yeah, it's a grassroots thing in England. So yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. I know it's it's there's been uproar in the press and by local teams and what have you but I'd be interested to see how it goes but yeah honestly I haven't put too much thought into it oh, that's, that's fair Gemma who does um, our other show we've got three shows on luckily enough okay. so um, if you could add or remove any team in the Six Nations who would it be? Oh, no one I think the, it's such a it's such an iconic tournament um, you know it, the way Italy been playing rugby the last year uh, you know, people calling for their their next sort of last year, the year before, and I know they distilled those sort of rumours of they should be gone by sort of beating Georgia, who are the next best team in the in the tournament below them, uh, the Six Nations B or Rugby Europe, uh, for what it's called now. Um, but yeah, no one mate. Um, they, they've been playing for some fantastic rugby. I know they they haven't really got the results they wanted in the last um, uh, like last week fragments, but they played some brilliant rugby. And yeah. uh, you know, Keelan Crowley is doing a doing a grand job there. You know, France, the way they've come back, everyone's got their individual styles of play, and it just yeah. makes for a a brilliant tournament at the moment. You know, there's talks of uh, in the press and stuff of South Africa, and there's talks in South Africa. You know, uh, in the press there of of them coming into the tournament, they could add something, I'm sure, because they're a world class team. Yeah. Um, but at, at the moment, I just think we're in it. You know, at the moment, as we stand mm-hmm. in 2023. Um, yeah, I think we're in a really good place. Best tournament in the world. Yes, I agree with you. I think the best way, I've always said this, to make it as fair as you can, and you're not just chucking 
someday to bring in a bigger name. And it is mostly with Rugby Europe. So say Georgia wins it, because that will probably happen because they're miles yeah. ahead. Yeah, they're good, good team. Italy, or in this case, Wales, sorry, and get a wooden spoon, you would have, maybe not in a World Cup year, because I know that's trickier, but mm. the winner of the Rugby Europe Championship and the receiver of the wooden spoon in Six Nations, mm. one test in the summer, okay, yeah. winner is in next yeah. year's Six Nations, and that's how you do it. Yeah, like a, like a playoff style um, yeah. game um, to, to test out if you're good enough to come into the tournament. Yeah, I, I look, I get it. I, 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 if someone was to bring that to the table, I can understand yeah. why they would think that's a good idea. Um, but but as I, as it stands, you know, the Six Nations um, has always been these six teams, yeah. and it would take a it probably take a monumental change to 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 oust the team or or change the format of it. And that and that way, you're not ousting one team. You are yeah. saying like yeah. you have a really bad year, yeah. and you finish last. You have to fight yeah. for your mm. place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Food for thought. It is. So if the big wigs are listening, then. Copywriters, copywriters. Uh, I've said it enough. So yeah. if people are listening, <laughs> then hopefully that's it. Yeah. Um, Jack Smith has asked Do you prefer TMOing or riffing, like being in the centre of the game? <clears throat> yeah, it's probably a question over the last year or two that I've been asked a bit as well. Reffing without a shadow of a doubt. Um, you know, got given the opportunity to do some TMO in at world rugby level. Um, just sort of, they felt they had something to, to offer in that side of it. So uh, I was more than happy to to stay in the environment and, and keep doing this. Uh, feel feel I've added some benefit to it, and I enjoy it. It's a it's a different string to my bow. Um, it's a different skill set altogether. Um, you know, you're not there watching the ball like you are as much in, uh, as a as a referee in the middle. Um, you're sort of looking for other things, you know, foul play, um, things sort of that are happening tend to happen around the ball more than more than on the ball. You know, checking people being pa- uh, ball being passed, checking the tackler, checking the person who's passed the ball, etc. Um, but yeah, you know, it's without a shadow of a doubt, there's nothing better than lacing up your boots. Fair enough. I like that. I love that. I've got two more questions for you before we go and tell <laughs> about something different. Yeah. Um, one, what is your dream game to ref? So, mm-hmm. no strings attached. You could ref any two teams, any venue. Yeah. Um, growing up, uh, obviously, some will know that my, my father was an international referee and obviously went to watch him all the time on boxing days and whenever he was refing local. And I always remember refing Swansea Neve, uh, or him refing Swansea Neve. And I always remember... My grandfather or my uncle would take me to watch the game. It would be at the Knoll, St. Helens, wherever it was, packed to the rafters. And I always remember thinking, geez, I want to play in. I wouldn't mind playing in this. Now, I wasn't good enough to play in that. Um, so the next thing is, can I you know, ref it? And obviously the, the regions happen now. Uh, and then it was sort of the Osprey Scarlets. That was the, the next big thing. And, and when I got that, it was like, wow, like a really really happy to ref this it's the local derby for, for me you know live so close to to both regions so that was big tick boxes but i think you know like if if there was a dream game at the moment you probably you know like a france new zealand or something like that would be would be certainly up there um 
they're you know two of the best teams. I'm not saying they are the best teams, but I think their um, their styles would complement each other for a, for a, for the game. Um, both both like to attack from everywhere. Uh, both physical sides. Both good set pieces. Um, you know, competitive set pieces. Uh, that would be a fantastic game. You know, the games involving South Africa in South Africa are always brilliant. Um, their crowds are crowds are wild out there, like loud and um, intense crowds. Brilliant, brilliant stadiums to ref in. Um, and yeah, run touch a couple of times out there. Never, never ref a test match, ref club matches, but uh, been on touch and test matches out there. And geez, you can feel them breathing on your neck out there. It's, it's brilliant. It sounds, yeah. it sounds amazing, but it also sounds like terrifying at the same yeah, time. Yeah, no, yeah, you, you sort of switch off from it. I'm sure you said other refs have been on you as well and they probably have said the same thing. It's just, um, you, you you sort of manage to shut off somehow um, because you're, you're concentrating on on the, the job in hand, uh, the task in hand. And you can, of course, you can hear noise around you, but yeah, you just so concentrate on the job in hand, you sort of come off it and then someone asks, oh, what was that like? What were the crowd like? And, like I, I don't remember. I remember being in games thinking the crowd were good, but you know I can't. I never look back in games and think, oh, you know how good. O- only once actually I remember Connor that Connor Munster game, and Fields of Ashen I was bellowing around um, Tillman Park, and I remember it was at the end of the game. Connor had just were uh, almost winning. Um, I think was it the Tillman Park game or the the sports ground? It was one of them. And I, I remember the last 10 seconds of the game, Connacht were in possession. I just, <clears throat> I just remember listening to the, the, I could hear them singing Fields of Alpha and Rye, and it was, well, yeah, hairs in the back of the neck, standing up stuff. Uh, it's a good song. Everyone loves that. As, yeah. As good as that. <laughs> yeah, it's a trip. <laughs> Carry on. You're fine. Oh, no, I just say, yeah, it's a, you know, yeah, it's a very traditional song in Ireland, sung, sung, by, sung by many. Uh, it's iconic when you, when you hear the rugby. Yeah. Watch the rugby. So it's just feel. It's probably not feel good when you read into it, the lyrics, but yeah, it, yeah, it feels good. Yeah, it's, it's obviously a popular song. I, I, I'd be lying if I said I, I knew the. It's probably a little bit ignorant of myself, but I, I don't know the, what the the meanings of the lyrics uh, mm. as such. Um, so apologies to to the Irish listeners for that. But yeah, the song itself is obviously iconic to 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 rugby because it's it's sung in so many stadiums. Exactly. Um, final one before we go into a little bit. Yeah. Something different. We've got you refereeing. You're centre of the field. Who's your dream assistant and who's your TMO? You can pick anyone you want. <clears throat> I. It would probably be a, a um a mix between sort of boys, you know, co- levels of competencies, based, you know, and and knowing people and. Um, being friends with them, I think that bring, brings the perfect blend. You know, you I think you can just like a team, you can have fifteen of the best players in the world. That doesn't mean they're going to play well together. And yeah. um, you, you look at football. You, you know, it's teams try and sign eleven of the best players in the world, and all of a sudden they all want to be number one, and the yeah. teams don't don't function. Um, so yeah, you've got to find a balance. You know, love. I, I always enjoy working with my mates. Um, you know, as I say, Bracey. Ben O'Keefe hasn't run touch me, but boys like Pierce, Matt Carley, um, I always enjoy working with them because you sort of have this sort of connection off yeah. the field. And then that sort of is so transferable into the game. Um, you sort of, they, they know when I'm uncomfortable. You know, I've worked with Bracey so many times. Um, he ran touch me in my debut. 
and then I returned the favor, I hope, and ran touching his debut in the in the league. Um, I played against him since we were kids. Um, we hated each other, by the way. That's another story. Um, but um, yeah, you sort of. I think he knows when I'm uncomfortable and when I need a call off him or you know a bit of advice off him, and and I hope that I can re- reciprocate that to him when when he's uncomfortable. I can just watch him and just say, geez, he's, he's in a hole here maybe, or ben, Ben's in a hole here, he needs, a, he needs pulling out. No, that's good. I love that. And like you said, it is like a team. You are, you click with certain people yeah. more than others. And yeah. yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So, so what you, we're saying here, we're going to have you, Ben O'Keefe, Andrew Brace, France versus New Zealand. Uh, and I'll I'll put uh, I'll put Luke Pierce in the box as well. Andrew. There you go. <laughs> you won't be happy with that. Oh. And then we've got all three of our guests all in the same yeah. pitch. There you go. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That is true. Uh, I'd have to have I'd have to have Matt Carley in there as well. He'll uh, I'll put him on the subs. Okay. Oh God, we're going into too deep now. I thought there was only four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forgot if you get injured, somebody yeah. else has to come on. Yeah. He'll be waiting in the wings. There we go, sorted. And um, we're going to go into something a little bit different now. It's getting to know you as a person more okay. than a referee. So, cats or dogs? Dogs. Dog myself. Yeah. What kind? What kind of dog? She a little cocker spaniel, seven seven year old cocker spaniel. She's nice. mad. They're all mad. <laughs> yeah. Mad's mad a box of frogs. Um, favorite film? Oh, that's a good question. Um. That is a good question. Oh, Dark Knight. I've watched it. It's the Batman film. Yeah, watched that so many times. Uh, that would be, you know, if there's nothing on and i got a few hours to kill when I'm away, I uh, tend, to, tend to check that one on. The opening scene in it is good enough for me. If there was a film on the life of Ben Whitehouse, who plays, who plays you? Oh, this is controversial, isn't it? <laughs> um... Oh Jesus! If I see someone like Brad Pitt, everyone say you're too ugly for to Brad Pitt to uh, to play. Someone like Channing Tatum, he's a bit dorky. He's a bit dorky, isn't he? At times in some of his films, yeah. Channing Tatum. There we go. Um, Favorite song, style, music. I kind of chucked those both together. So yeah, I think um, I I probably have one of the most eclectic tastes in music you can you can have. I you know if you look at my Spotify here. I, I can have a playlist where you've got Catherine Jenkins one moment and then Slipknot the next. <laughs> it's my uh my my music is all over the shop. Uh, this is always going berserk, like one of these songs. Uh yeah, I, I will list, literally listen to anything, depending on my mood. You know, if I'm in the gym, uh I tend to listen to sort of like hip hop, rap, um, yeah. dance music. And then if I'm in the car, you know, we don't be surprised if Whitney Houston's blaring up the uh, the speakers. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say much because if I'm like if I'm on my own, it's very like rock, like like Nickelback. Yeah, yeah, NXT, yeah same. But yeah. Um, if it's a family, and I don't know how this has happened, but my little boy's favourite right now is Shania Twain. So Lo- yeah, love a bit of Shania Twain. There we go. So yeah. so I, I can I, I can I, I, just chuck it on shuffle, chuck the Spotify on shuffle, and uh, pick a song and yeah. press go to radio and just let it play. Exactly. That's that's what you want. If it's a good song, it's a good song. It doesn't matter what genre it is. I, I'd say like in the car at the moment, like a big like this podcast and big on podcasts. Just we do so much traveling. 
and there's only so much sort of songs you can listen to before you sort of start getting a little bit bored. Um, yeah. So I just try to just change my podcasts up, whether it be sport podcasts, um, some true crime podcasts, um, and yeah, just try and mix it up a little bit, really. There's a thing I like now, and I thought it's not really a podcast, it's just more a video. Sort of, it's the whole, like, am I the asshole? And then okay, there's yeah. a yeah. When I'm listening yeah. to it, I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. And then there's other ones, I'm like... <clears throat> Oh, as soon as you hear, I'm like, yes, you are, hundred percent. Yeah. What do they say? If if there isn't, if if you haven't got them in your group, it's probably you. Or if you, yeah. you haven't got them in <laughs> yes. your group, it's probably you. I love that. Um, what is the nicest place you've visited and the nicest stadium you've been to? That's a really good question. I love going to South Africa. Mm. Um, love going to South Africa. Um, what what a great addition to the URC they've been um, over the last few years. You know the the food, the golf. Yeah, South Africa's just got a country where where it's just it's just got everything. You know, you can yeah. there's hills where you can go hiking. There's golf. There's beaches, um, penguins, lions. Um, it's it's mad what what you can do and see in South Africa. Um, I think um, I really enjoyed Canada. Um, actually, talking about Bracy, me and him spent three weeks there. Uh, for World Cup qualifiers a few years ago, 2016, 2017, I think it was. Um, brilliant country, um, friendly people, um, so hospitable. The, the referees that looked after us, the rugby people that looked after us, um, just felt part of a family out there, really. Um, wherever we went, we were looked after so well. Um, so, yeah, Canada's lovely. And then Wales. Of, of, course, God, of course. God's God's country, mate. God's country. I'll give you sec- I'll give you second place. You can have that. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, what is your favourite um, style of food or like food cuisine? Probably Italian. Um, yeah, yeah really. I think when you when you go to Italian, you can have pretty much everything. Can you? You can have pizza, pastas, you know, steaks, chickens, chicken dishes. Um, yeah, probably a, probably a good Italian. But you know, yeah. just come back from Parma myself. Oh, nice. Uh, me, me and Sean Brickle uh, spent the weekend out there reffing. And uh, yeah, you know, the food is is tough to find a bad meal in Palmer. I love that. Um, so, what's your favorite pizza topping then? Oh, God. Uh, I, I, I do enjoy like a, just a standard pepperoni. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, I, I really like a, just a standard, good quality pepperoni on there. You know, a proper Italian, Italian yes. pizza. Uh, yeah. You know, not not necessarily one from one of these big chains. Um, you know, like a a real nice Italian pizza. I get you. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Yeah. Oh, uh, I I'll say I'll say I don't think it belongs on pizza, but I think it complements sometimes a pizza. No, that's just as bad. That's yeah. That's, that's oh. I, I think I think it has its moments. It's like everything, isn't it? It's like everything. It has its moments. I think so. It's like Marmite, isn't it? Some people love it. Some people hate it. But, um, I'll, give yeah. you, I'll give you that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I'll give you that. Um, favorite or go to post post match drink? So like after Guinness. Drink. Yes, there you go. I think uh, yeah, Guinness. Guinness in the winter. Um, we talked about South Africa. There, you know, good nice red wine. Um, out out in uh, South Africa, uh, but yeah, you know, a post match post match pint goes hand in hand. A nice Guinness, post match Guinness, pre match Guinness. If you can get away with it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he might have made the ref better. But might do. Any uh, spirits that you go to if you if you go down no, that route? Not, not massively. Uh, partial to an Aperol spritz out in uh, out in Italy from time to time. Nice. Um, but um, yeah, it wouldn't be a massive spirit drinker as such. You know, just a Guinness in the Guinness in the in the um, in the sun in the winter. Sorry, and then maybe down the cricket club have a have a nice madry pint of madry. Happy days. Um, yeah. Any hobbies away from rugby? Uh, yeah, so we talked about golf already, yeah. uh, but I, I play cricket every summer and I have done since I was six years old um, and haven't stopped really. I always think if I stop, I'll never start back again. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I play, um, last year I, I didn't get too many games in, I got about 10 or 12 games in, uh, you know, still quite a lot. But uh, yeah, I'll give them a shout out, Gowton Cricket Club, uh, the big GCC. Uh, didn't have a good season last year, but um we uh, sadly got relegated to oh. Division 2. But we'll be back, I'm sure. We'll be back. We'll be back to fight another day. I love that. I love the fighting talk. I love it. Yeah, it's good. It's, I just enjoy the competitiveness. You know, you get, yeah. you get a competitiveness with, with refereeing, you know, in terms of, like, personal performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you, you don't ever get that winning, winning or losing. You, know, you come yeah. off the field and you're like, oh, God, how did that go? You know, you haven't got a sort of a extrinsic sort of feel of win or lose like uh, yeah. have I won have I lost whereas uh, you know to sort of gauge a performance on and it doesn't always you know you can win and play badly but um, I still just love coming off you know a cricket field win lose or draw just just fight fighting fighting to win a game I, I miss that is the one thing I miss about playing no no I get you I mean I'm the same I miss, I miss playing as well so yeah but maybe one day, never say never. Yeah, yeah. I did. I, I actually played Boxing Day last year, uh, doing like our games were cancelled because of COVID. And uh, yeah. my team played a, like a Vets game, and they were like, oh, come on, come and play. And I, I was like, oh, go on. I played, I played a full back. And I was like, I just have, to, I said, I just have like 10 minutes to the end. And they were like, yeah, 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 10 minutes to the end. And then the team sheet went up and I was like starting. I played 80 minutes and I was <laughs> absolutely ball bagged. <laughs> I got up like a like a 70-year-old the next day, just like couldn't move. And I got on the deck and there must have been 20, 20 sets of boots, 15 from the opposition and five from my team as well, stamping all over me. I love it. Do you have any tattoos? No, I don't have any tattoos. No. I've thought about it, but no, not yet. Fair enough. Watch, watch, watch this what space. Kind of would you get? I don't know. Something sentimental, I think, if you, you're going to get it. I think, you know, friends of mine have got, you know, patterns and big patterns and stuff. But, I, you know, if I was to go a small one somewhere, I would get some in sentimental, probably. Yeah. That's fair. The reason I'm asking is because I've got tattoos. So, like, I yeah. always have I always yeah. have that topic of conversation. So Yeah, well, I thought about it, but um, I, I think I'd have to put a bit of planning into it. See exactly what I want. That's good. What is your goals in life? Any any goals that you still to achieve or you'd like to achieve? Just to be happy in everything I do. Um, you know, enjoy enjoy what I do work, enjoy what I do off field, family, the family stuff, the sports stuff. Um, yeah, just be happy and be as successful as I can be whilst still being happy. So I think it's a it's a fine balance. It's a really good question, actually, but it's a fine balance. You know, you can be successful, but be unhappy. And it's striking a balance with, as I said, being successful whilst 
still being happy in what you're doing because you can put so much pressure on yourself in professional sport. You know, you listen to the media, um, listen to people putting pressure on you, and you can just fall into this trap of thinking that rugby and sport is the be all and end all. And then you <clears throat> come home to, you know, your family, young kids, and they don't have a clue what's going on. And it's just, it's so sobering. Um, you know, they, they, you know, two year old doesn't care. But 20,000 people have been calling me every day under the sun. He just wants to play with the Spider Man toys <laughs> and uh, play, fo- fo- play football with me in the house. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's brings you back down to earth real quickly. It's good. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Um, is there anything you're binge watching or do you recommend to watch on, on Netflix? Um, just just got a text off the wife now the drive to survive is back on netflix so oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so i'll be we'll be i'm sure binging binging that we enjoy that um i'm in i'm i've just actually whilst i was away on the weekend started the the lord of the rings series on amazon prime um which i'm enjoying but it you know watch this space uh <laughs> but yeah that's that's what i'm that's what i'm into at the moment um what else did I watch recently that I really, really binged? Um, I don't know. I just, yeah, that's probably, probably, that's about it, really. Oh, I'll tell you what we did enjoy doing COVID was the, the um, Shit's Creek. Uh, oh, Netflix. We, yeah, me, me, uh, and my, me and my partner tried that. And, yeah. Like, you read the cast, and like the mum from Home Alone, the, the yeah. dad from American Pie, his yeah. actual son, and I'm watching, I'm like, there's something missing. Like, there was bits I thought was really funny, and then there was bits <clears> I'm like, "Yeah, what a lot of rubbish I'm watching." <laughs> we um we started watching it because friends of ours had said it was brilliant, and we were about two or three episodes in, and we were like, oh, "No, it's not, not for us." <laughs> but then they said, "Stick with it. You start to learn a bit about the characters, and once you sort of like understand the characters, you'll be hooked." So we were like, oh, "Come on, we'll we'll at least watch the first season." So we watched mm-hmm. the first season, and then just didn't look back. Just binged every single night we were like two three four episodes and then we told our um my sister-in-law and brother-in-law to to watch it as well and they were exactly the same two episodes in no it's not for us and we were like oh stick with it and then yeah, yeah they, they they got into it so yeah just maybe stick with it the comedy i've finally got my partner to watch is two and a half men yeah that's good yeah back i used to enjoy that back in the day so all on Prime now, so I'm, I'm loving yeah. it. Yeah, I used to love uh, love a bit of Two and a Half Men. Um, Superstore as well. I don't know if you've watched that. Oh, it's, I've tried. A, it, Again, it's just I've dorky, tried. dorky comedy. Yeah, it's dorky really comedy. Strange. Yeah, it's yeah. really strange comedy. Like, yeah. you'll either get it straight away or you just won't get it. And I think that's, yeah, that's the other thing is is it's another one you've got to stick with and then you start, you understand the characters and it's, it's good fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who is winning the Guinness Six Nations this year? <clears throat> That's a really good question. I, I honestly think it could be, you know, three or four teams re- realistically, couldn't it? Um, uh, France looks so strong. Ireland looks so drilled. Um, you know, France probably stuck in a little bit. Uh, they were they were a little bit slow starting against Italy, um, and then came back and um, uh, not come back and won, but sort of called out a, a win there. Um, Ireland just looks so strong, you know. I thought we may do okay against Ireland, Wales, I say we. Um, but then obviously, they yeah, they they put us away, and then Scotland playing great rugby, um, unbeaten at the moment. 
um, your boys. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's it, this, weird, this, weekend, this weekend's a big weekend. Yes, absolutely. Big, big weekend. France, Scotland, huge, huge game. You know, so many big games left left to play before you could sort of realistically look who's going to be in that top two. That's fair. Um, quick predictions for the for the weekend then? Just no, I, three good games. Oh. That's all I want. I'm gonna sit in the fence. <laughs> I'm gonna sit in the fence and say three three entertaining games of rugby where the referees uh, don't decide the outcomes the players do. There, there we go. Po- polit- political answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> Final question for you tonight, Ben. One thing you'd like to be remembered for? Just being a good guy. Uh, I, I hope that pe- people see and I, I incorporate all referees into this. Uh, people see us on the field. Um, it was exactly the same when I was in the police and people used to shout and call you Fs and Cs and Bs and Ds, every letter of the alphabet. But I always uh, I remember an old sergeant telling me, Ben, they're not shouting you, mate. They're shouting the badges on your chest. And I think it's very much the same for a referee uh, with a pantomime villain at times. And I'm pretty comfortable now sitting sort of in that that zone of accepting that, you know, we're not there to be liked. Uh, um, but I hope that when people take the time to spend an hour in my company, um, same as the other referees, uh, I hope they come out of that sort of hour and go, oh, yeah, he's a bloody, bloody good bloke. He is. He's good fun, yeah. enjoys life, um, gets it, <laughs> gets the yeah. balance. Um, and yeah, that's that, that would be to sum it up. That would be probably it. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I think I can vote for you. You are, you do come across as a nice guy. I've not met you in person yet. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully one day, and there hopefully will be a few Guinnesses. As long as you're paying, <laughs> I'll for one or two. <laughs> split, split it all down the middle. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, okay, then go on. I'll you by the first round. There you go, but yeah. It's you've absolutely smashed it. The book is now closed, and again, I can't thank you enough for for agreeing to come on. It's been an absolute no blast talking about your career because you've obviously skyrocketed into professional rugby. You know, changing, kind of changing career path in a way. Yeah, so it's interesting. I, I always said when I I did this, I'm gonna stay refereeing. Um, I don't want to stop refereeing until I'm not you know, good enough. And there'll be plenty of people out there that say I'm not. Um, uh, or never have been. But um, yeah, until they sort of say you're enough refereeing, but I, I want to keep refereeing and do the TMO on the side and sort of enjoy the balance of the moment. Well, I love that. And I, don't, I can't think of any other, other way to end this great interview. So I can't thank you enough, Ben. This has been The Final Whistle with Ben Whitehouse and we'll see you next time.